We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Coins. It's Laurel. It's not Laurel. It's he gone. Uh, with us today as well is our friend and professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. What's going on? Chillin', chillin'. Uh, Eat Twitter president, Alf. The dress is blue. <laughs> now that's a reference. And friend of the show from the chase down from Fear the Sword, we have Justin Rowan. Justin, your triumphant return. The triumphant return, uh, like Dwayne Wade coming to Miami after 15 years in Cleveland. I'm trying to bring some culture to this podcast. But you're less washed. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I, I don't have a I don't have a meniscus in one of my knees, so it's I, I might be just as washed. Oh my God, the parallels, the parallels are here. You have um, a lot of common. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland could use Dwayne Wade right now. Hold on, wait. I want to get into that first. We got to mention that we are part of the Five Reasons Podcast Network now. Follow us there at Five Reasons Sports for all our affiliate shows: Three Yards Per Carry, Balls Cast, and the and the flagship show Five Reasons Sports. So. Now that we have intros out of the way, Alf brought up a great point. Justin, the sky is falling. LeBron does amazing things, and it doesn't matter. They're losing to Terry Scary Rozier. Uh, is Dwayne Wade somebody that they'd use? Because I would argue that the consistently their second best player, like, you know, through the postseason has been Kyle Korver. Like, that he showed up for the most games after LeBron. <laughs> uh, man, it, it's certainly... Yeah, he's he's in the conversation there, and and that is profoundly depressing. Um, it's always great when your best players are like thirty seven and thirty three. Um, that is a recipe for playoff success. Uh, they probably could use Dwayne Wade. Uh, my question would be: Do they get the Heat culture Dwayne Wade, where he's back in shape in Miami, or do they get the Cleveland Dwayne Wade, where he's just loading up on the the fast food there? Donuts, donut Dwayne, um, culture Dwayne. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're missing someone that can play with aggressiveness, that's assertive, that can manipulate a defense. George <laughs> Hill's being far too passive. And, I mean, it's a team of guys that play well off of LeBron. And if LeBron isn't being assertive or if there isn't somebody that's driving and kicking, uh, these guys are, are going to look like scrubs. And, and so far, that's what's happening. <clears throat> Kyrie. <laughs> well, Justin's a guy. Justice is like a Kyrie lifer. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's your guy. I, I mean, always, always going to appreciate what Kyrie brought to the organization. I, I think most Cavs fans um, feel that way and they kind of understand just how badly Dan Gilbert and the front office messed this up. And, and even with the potential of LeBron leaving, it's like, well, I mean, we get it. Like we're, we're stuck here after it, but at, at the same time, um, getting rid of Griff, um, all all the screw ups that came after that, like it's just one thing after another. It's 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 been an exhausting experience. Like, and Alf, I mean, I guess we can we can kind of talk to this. How it feels like a different experience. I mean, I don't think. I mean, the Cavs can be down like in the fourth quarter, down three zero, and I still won't think they'll lose. Like I know for us, Alf, maybe you can speak to this. Like when LeBron was here, it never felt like they were gonna lose the series. Like we always thought at the back no, of our this, mind. This- this feels different, man. When you watch him, it feels like he's so good. It feels like it feels like Heat 2014, but with like a much shittier roster, like much shittier. <laughs> like there's not like it, they don't even have like a Chalmers on that team. Like it's 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 bad, and so I don't I I don't believe in them. But then at the end of the day, LeBron can come back and win the next four. God, and I'm it's not going to be Terry surprised. Rozier, like like it's Jalen Brown. Like are we like I can't like. I'm pretty stoked. You know what it is? They're get, they're playing against a bunch of guys who are trying really hard, really hard, and they're they have a bunch of guys that like they have J.R. Smith, like they don't, <laughs> don't have a, him. They, and they have guys like Kyle Korver who can try as hard as he wants to on defense. He's still Kyle Korver, and LeBron is exhausted from getting triple doubles on the other side. Like he's not playing defense. Like he needs guys around him that are going to play defense. Like you have yeah. guys like Rodney Hood or like who are mad they can't get off the bench. Like this, they don't have like they don't have Cleveland doesn't have a culture. And I, I'm sorry, like <laughs> Justin, they just don't. They don't have a like you don't look. Are, like are you dismissing my fan fiction right now? Because I, I I don't necessarily appreciate that. No, but come on, like you don't look at Cleveland and say, oh, Cleveland's a type of team that's gonna dig deep. Like no one thinks that. Like you think Cleveland's <laughs> the kind of team that's gonna pack it in once it gets tough. Like nobody thinks. Cleveland has the wherewithal, the guts to like come back from this shit. Well, I mean, the culture was LeBron and Kyrie. And the nice thing in the past was when LeBron kind of goes into those passive spurts, which he can do, he can get frustrated throughout the course of a game. Kyrie would just kind of be like, screw it. I'm going to go generate shots. And I agree, like this Cleveland team can be very fragile at times. And what gets them going is hitting shots. It doesn't even necessarily need to be good looks. J.R. Smith hitting a bad like turnaround jumper can get them going. But when they're not hitting jumpers, uh, they get tight. They all stand around and watch. And then, as you said, it's 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 like 2010 LeBron where he's going out. He's kind of doing everything. But the rest of the team has packed it in. Um, You look at game one, the Cavs. 53 of their 86 shots were uncontested against Boston, and they shot 30% on those looks. That can happen. Uh, game two, you, you you spoil a LeBron game. Like, LeBron almost never loses that game. Sure, Jason Tatum might have made the biggest play of his career by giving him a concussion, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's still, that's not a game that you can lose. Justin, he's carrying that Kelly Olenek torch, like injuring calves. <laughs> like Kelly's not there, but Justin, I mean, Jason Tatum stepped up. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum's a hell of a player. Like to me, I think where I went wrong heading into this series was I bought into Toronto. I thought that that could be a measuring stick, and I'm looking at him like Toronto defensively. Uh, you, you, their their D ratings about the same. A much better offensive team. Uh, like they they were just a better team throughout the year. And I thought because of the way that they handled them that I could say, okay, Boston can't score enough to keep up with Cleveland. I don't really buy that the defense is going to slow them down enough. And I, I was mistaken. Like this is there's a hell of a lot of talent. Um, they they play hard as hell, and there's nobody that you can hide on. And for that reason, they're up two zero in the series. Man, but like you mentioned that the Cavs shot really poorly on thirty percent on uncontested shots. That's like not sustainable. That Cleveland team's a great offense. So like, 
and when when you're Boston, if Cleveland's missing that, and you got these young players, like you can leak out in transition, and you can get. Dude, you use I, the word you use the word great too much. Like Cleveland's fine. Really, they're not, what what was their offense? They're not a great offense. Like stop. They're not great. It's not a great offense. If, this look, is one of the look, worst engaged LeBron playoff teams LeBron, we've ever seen. I mean, like, Alf, I mean, they have, okay, playoff LeBron, but this is not a great offense. Yeah, but they like, have so many really good shooters around. I know Jr. hasn't been good, but they have Corver, who's been good. They have Love. They have guys around. I mean, that team can score. Great offense like ugh, dude stop hyperbole. <laughs> they're good like, justin justin you know this is a this is a really bad like this is one of the worst lebron teams we've seen but that in doesn't nine, mean it's not a great offense they, yes it does mean that because they're not they're bad they're bad teams. no but they, they got shooters like they got shooters they like george shooters. hill was like a 43 percent shooter great, that does not make a great yeah, offense. but when you got shooters around lebron no yeah, I, I i will agree with that point i i will agree with that point i think that they have the capability of being a great offense um, but in the regular season, having shooters and having LeBron, you're going to have a good offensive rating because teams don't scout you. They don't prepare. Um, you can just kind of BS your way into a good offensive rating. And when you go into the playoffs where teams are, are really preparing for you, the lack of creators really does become evident. Like, I, I think he's on the money there when you're saying that this isn't a great offense. These guys don't know each other. Game 83, um, like the first game against Indiana was the first time that they played with the full roster. Chemistry, <laughs> continuity, and guys understanding their roles is important. And, and that just doesn't, that's, that's not the case right now. Do you think that that trade kind of screwed them over? No, no, no. Uh, they, they had to get rid of those guys. I mean, Jay Crowder shot even worse than he did in Cleveland. Isaiah Thomas didn't make it through the year. I mean, if they would have stayed put either with Kyrie or Isaiah Thomas, neither of them was going to be able to finish the year. Um, obviously, the, the trade screwed them over, and it was a, a symptom uh, of Dan Gilbert messing around too much with the front office and just how they mismanaged the Kyrie situation. But no, I... I I think the trade worked out. Maybe it was a light years move. Maybe they were just showing LeBron that, hey, <laughs> maybe they were just showing LeBron that, hey, these guys that look good in L.A. actually suck when you put expectations on them. <laughs> That's bloody. <laughs> that Wait, so do you think the uh, the Kyrie thing was a front office like mess up or do you think it was a relationship with LeBron? Oh, I, I, I think it started with the, the front office. Like, I, I think Kyrie... Kyrie and his dad, like his dad's very, very uh, much in his ear and he really respects his opinion. Um, I think that there were issues with LeBron, but I don't think that that's something that's unique to that situation. Like, I think that's something you have to manage whenever you have star players. Um, David Griffin talked about this, how Kyrie and his agent weren't talking to Griff until they decided what they were going to do with him, right? Because if, if you're letting Griff go, you don't want to kind of give your game plan to him when all of a sudden he's on the open market. Um, so Griff basically, uh, when he parted ways with Gilbert, he says, I have these trades lined up in case Kyrie says he wants to leave. I have this plan lined up if he wants to stay. So that's what he presented him with on the way out the door. From there, all of a sudden, the Cavs held a big summit where apparently they had like 30 people in there and a lot of loose lips when they were kind of going over these tr Kyrie trade situations. And uh, because of that, uh, word got out to Kyrie. He got frustrated. That bridge was burned. I, I think David Griffin, um, I mean, Griff like pitched. Kyrie was going to be the team like he pitched that he was almost going to be like their Steve Nash because uh, Griff had experience in Phoenix. And I, I think they were always building towards, OK, at some point you're going to take over. I, I think that there would be a chance that that relationship could have been salvaged. And LeBron, I mean, we know he can be passive aggressive. And, and once Kyrie had his mind made up, I, I don't think he went out of his way to, to try to resolve that. So we had a question that we were actually um, going over as Heat fans. Um, and myself and Hot Take Harry were kind of going back and forth. If the when well, you're talking about the trade scenarios that Griffin pre uh, presented to the group, yeah, and we were talking about the supposedly the Heat had on the table Goron, Jay Rich, and Justice for Kyrie. Would you have rather that than what you actually got back from Boston? Yes, really. Yes, really. My, my my. I mean, my opinion. 
I mean, I when I heard the Isaiah Thomas thing, I wanted them to null the trade. And and that was something that um, apparently LeBron was an opinion he shared. It would have been great to see Boston just get stuck with an Isaiah Thomas that now hates them. And uh, <laughs> a weekend, like, especially from a petty standpoint, like I'd love that um, with the benefit of hindsight. I mean, yeah, uh, Richardson's I mean, he's a hell of a defender. He's a hell of a player. Go on, draw is fantastic. He had a great year. Um, obviously, there'd be fit things to work out there. Um, I, I mean, I at this point, I'd even take like Milwaukee, like the Milwaukee scenario, if in fact there was a first round pick included there. Um, but no, I, I mean, the funny thing is, you look at both those trades that were largely celebrated at the time that it happened. I never bought into Isaiah Thomas. I, in September, I wrote that the Cavs should have traded Isaiah Thomas and their first round pick for George Hill. Like, I, what? I, I, yeah, I, I was that out on Damn. him. Or Patrick Beverly. I said George Hill or Patrick Beverly. Like, trade, like, dump them. I, I had no belief in him being a functioning member of a good team. And that was before I knew how banged up he was. Gee, you uh, got to cut that and put it as a clip. That's Jesus. <laughs> Just a first round pick. I mean, you gave him. I mean, like we like we've talked about giving Hassan away for nothing. I mean, Jesus! I <laughs> was coming off an MVP year. Yeah, dude, <laughs> led the league in scoring. George. But here's here's the thing. Here was my thing with Isaiah. Even if he was 100 the Isaiah of last year, he is a special player because I don't think there's a lot of guys that can absorb that usage, score at that rate, that efficiently. But if you're talking about building a contender, that means you're on the floor with more than one all-star. And he's not giving up the ball. And if he's playing off-ball and if he's not absorbing that usage and if he's not scoring at that clip, he becomes a liability immediately. And his mentality has never been uh, to be anything other than what he was in Boston. I just don't unless he's willing to accept being a sixth man and kind of being that spark plug, I, I can't see him ever being part of a championship roster. I That's thought it. you were going to say he's a special player because he needs a step to step stool to reach his locker. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I thought the special player was going to be a physical handicap joke, but to circle back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, like, I'm I'm not fully in panic mode yet. Uh, the Cavs certainly aren't either. Um, I mean, LeBron and Love were laughing after the game two in the press conference. Love is making jokes uh, on Instagram at Channing Fry's expense. <laughs> Channing Fry's mustache and at his expense. Yeah. <laughs> Did he make an O2 joke? Yeah, he made an O2 joke. It was fantastic. He said Channing but, Fry's mustache is down O2. And I was like, oh my God. The series doesn't start until a team wins a game on the road. So, uh, but I mean, the media, the crooked media isn't talking about, but Boston should be playing <laughs> in Milwaukee. They're still in the first round as far as I'm concerned. Can we talk but, about uh, this? Can we talk about that? Because, like, I've been getting so much shit on Twitter because I was, like, in the head of hashtag 7 seed till we bleed for the Heat. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, look what would have happened if the Heat had played that Boston team in the first round. Dude, that Boston team barely beat Milwaukee. The Sixers totally fell apart in a spectacular fashion. And yeah, okay, they're beating Cleveland and it's kind of weird and like none of us can really explain it, but like that team wheezed past a bad Bucks team. I was pretty annoyed because Philly did against Boston what I thought they would do against Miami. That's what like, we I, thought. I really, I, you know what's funny, Justin? It's like, I don't know if you, I don't know how closely you watched that, that Heat uh, Sixers series, but like the first Watch, game. Oh. Yeah, like, they're, like, really playing off Ben Simmons or doing the freaking Brad Stevens thing. And then yep. they said the Celtics do it, and it suddenly works. And I was like, man, go to hell. Oh, <laughs> so annoying. Dude, can we do a single podcast where you don't rehash Heat Sixers? I, do, like I, I knew you were going to get mad at me. I Jesus knew it. Jesus Christ, like, you're fucking obsessed. I'm so mad at that Brian. series. Is Brian just ran out of the room because he knew yeah. you were back on your BS. He, he just yeah. <laughs> Brian heard Heat Sixers and almost fucking quit Heat Beat. Like, <laughs> you need to learn the game. Yeah, yes, Leif is right. I need to learn the game. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, not, Alex. I mean, you haven't said much. Like, I'm not really convinced that Cleveland can lose this series. Like, I'm, I can't. Like, I cannot. Well, they certainly can. They've given themselves no margin for error, and that's the thing. Like, they're prone to these cold shooting games, but Boston sucks on the road. 
Like if they if they take care of business in game three and if they get this back to two two, I'm gonna feel confident. But there's no margin for error. You can have some random bad break or some random bad shooting game and all of a sudden you're in a three oh hole and I don't know if this team has the resilience to come back from that. Is is the world ready for finals Terry Rozier? We're not ready for oh. that. I don't want that, man. I hate Boston. You're gonna put that on NBA TV, man. Final NBA TV with Terry Rozier leading the charge. Warriors Celtics? Yeah. Is it that the, bad? The whole, I love I mean, how we're they, just they, assuming the Warriors. Like, the Rockets just ran them out of the gym last night, and we're like, yeah. yeah, yeah the the Warriors have one of those games every series. No, they don't. Yeah. That's, a, that's the largest margin of defeat since, like, 2016. The Warriors no. are, are what the Cavs think they are. What are you talking about? What happened yeah, <laughs> The Warriors are what they have to think they are, where they could just take a game and just kind of chill out and, like, whatever. They'll be back, and we all know they're going to win the series. The Cavs can actually do that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs went up, uh, went back to Cleveland, the shooters got hot, and they tied the series. But they're not the Warriors, where they're right. just kind of guaranteed to win every game. Yeah, even Marcus Thompson, I, I think he was on with uh, Zach Harper, and he said before the game, he's like, this is the game. The, the Warriors feel like they proved their point. They're going to come out flat, and they're probably going to get blown out. Like, I didn't even feel the need of watching that game. Like, I know that's going to happen. The Warriors are going to cruise past them. It's going to be a five-game series. <laughs> and then, as I said, you're going to put it on NBA TV. Just let the Warriors have, like, an open practice while Brad Stevens puts mayonnaise on toast. And Terry <laughs> like... He can make mean faces on the sideline. That's what the NBA Finals should be. Does he annoy you? Does, like, the Brad Stevens obsession annoy you, Justin? Because, like, I'm done with it. I'm very happy that he's finally proving himself this year. And, uh, like, uh, I don't want to go all hot take, but, like, I felt in the past, like, here's the thing with Stevens. He has always prepared his teams. They've always been ready in the regular season. They've overachieved. He's gone so much out of these players. And we've we've seen that routinely. But in the past, they've ran the exact same things in the playoffs. It was predictable and they underachieved like the, they went down 0-2 against a terrible Bulls team. Um, and, and when they never that never should have happened, they went too far against Washington and then they got stomped by the Cavs. Uh, they underachieved in previous years. This year is the first year where I'm like, okay, Stevens is actually identifying mismatches on both ends of the floor. He's attacking those mismatches. He's making playoff adjustments. Those were things I just hadn't seen in the past. Like, I think he's a top-tier coach. But if we're talking about him being greater than Pop, which which is what some people like to talk about, uh, he needs to do a little bit more in the postseason before I'm going to... He's not even better than Quinn Snyder. (laughs) <laughs> I, Quinn Snyder and his high school ass offense. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Dude, Nikaias is obsessed. Nikai, our very own Nikaias is obsessed with Quinn Snyder's offense. He's like, no, man, he's good. I was like, get out of here with Quinn Snyder and his offense. I had Nikaias in mind when I was roasting him. <laughs> dude, he's obsessed with Quinn Snyder. Him and his. Dude, he. I remember when I discovered. Um, I don't know how many of you, or probably our audience, is familiar uh, with, with the Levitard show on ESPN and how they play the looks like game, how people in sports look like. Yeah. And when Quinn Snyder, I was like, that guy looks like any movie villain, like all the cliches. That he, was mine, by the way. That was mine. That was yours? Boy, that was mine. It was everybody's. <laughs> Quinn Snyder looks like the Batman villain. Like I, that was mine. And they, they, Quinn they, Snyder they looks stealing. like Andy Lou after a week in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn Snyder looks like everything you want him to be. <laughs> you know, he, he looks like a Wall Street broker about to kill himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like on the ledge of a fucking yes. of a building. Goes on a bender. Quinn, don't jump. <laughs> Quinn Snyder is American Psycho yes. sequel where they couldn't get Christian Bale back. <laughs> Quinn Snyder has done all of the cocaine. Like all of it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. He looks like the guy in a movie that absolutely goes on a cocaine binge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Poor Quinn. I'm sorry, Quinn Snyder. We just need Chris Middleton traded to Utah, and then Nikias can fully, fully adopt the Utah brand. And Nikias would be so happy. I think he'd oh, be Mormon. Be like Christmas. <laughs> Christmas in July. He chose Mormonism just, just to get closer to what's going on over think, there. Hey, around Quinn Snyder, it's always Christmas. It's always snowing. <laughs> Was it a, is it your Coach of the Year finalist with Casey and um, and Brad? Yeah. Gonna be awkward. Was, when, uh... Did you see that tweet by the Raptors? <laughs> yeah, the Raptors tweeted 
Congratulations to Dwayne Casey. It's like, yo, just sit this one out, son. I was like, like, yo, don't. <laughs> this was not the Jonah this was Hill not gift. Your time. That Jonah Hill gift, you know, like cut yeah, it out. Like, Jonah Hill gift. Like, no, dude, no, not this one. Just, just sit this one who out. Who thought bro. that was a good idea? Like, Quincy, like, like, um, like Dwayne Casey looks at that and he's like, man, fuck you. Avatar Joe was, was asking the right question with that one. Whether it was a social media guy that was close with Casey and just let it slip, or if they were just being Canadian. Hey, yeah, I, that's, that's, that's Canadian. That's just Canadian. You can answer that better, Justin. It's Canadian as hell, but Toronto isn't part of Canada, so we'd, uh, we don't really count it. Can I talk about how, like, I, I went to Vancouver um, in March, and they all hate Toronto over there. Like, when Everyone I hate Toronto. Like, when you look at the map, when it's, like, uh, most popular NBA team, uh, like, per province and state or whatever, like, it's always, like, if you look at Canada, it's, like, Lakers, Timberwolves, blah, 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 blah. And then it's only just around Toronto where it's the Raptors. And really? Like, yeah. I mean, you grow up. Toronto's New York. They think that they're better than everybody in the country. And then when they talk to the rest of the world, they have an inferiority complex. It's one of the most <laughs> unique and incredible things I've ever Wait, seen. What? Both so persecuted and thinking that they're better than everyone else in Canada. Like if they could get trade, we we should like do a trade of like Minneapolis for Toronto, and, and like you oh, can deal. give us like, deal. Some future- You're getting ripped give off future- so hard. Give us future picks. Give us some. I, I don't know. Strength you in Nebraska. Our we'll throw in Nebraska. Oh no, no, no. That's that's a little too much. Like we, we need and a Dakota to be named to be named later. <laughs> yeah, like like part of Alaska, like. <laughs> Alternating years Ideal. of Alaska. Okay, it that's just, so in. This is so inside Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going deep. We're going I mean, deep no, we're deep. learning. I didn't hear about Quebec. I mean, let's go. No, Quebec's Quebec's fine, man. Montreal is amazing. Go go there. I've been to Quebec and I've been to Montreal. I'm Haitian, so a lot of us skipped New York and went straight to Canada, so we didn't have to learn a new language. Yeah. No, so it's. Okay. Pro tip for all the Haitians out there. <laughs> you know, that makes sense because when I was um when when I was watching like Raptor games in Vancouver, like I'm like the only one who cared. Like I'm at a bar and I was like, I thought I thought we were right or because like, I I adopted the Raptors midseason and I was like, Where where are my people? And like, no, it's just me at a bar, you know, watching oh, no, Van no, Fleet. No, like you'll still you'll still see like a fair amount of Raptors gear and there's people that like feel obliged to root for like the Canadian team. But for the most part, like it's still Toronto. Like you can't get too excited. Like if there was a Vancouver team, I'd be riding for that, man. Like that'd be crazy. Right. Are there a lot of Grizzlies holdovers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bring back like the people Grizzlies, in Vancouver man. still riding for the Grizzlies. You still see a lot of Grizzlies gear here. It's funny, man. <laughs> Big country. Fizzly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see? um? I was hearing that Miami might be interested in giving Van Fleet the full mid-level and looking to move Goron. I'm not sure I'm uh, crazy about that. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, I don't, man. I, I, might I haven't seen enough of Van Fleet. Because, like, Miami kind of needs size, especially at the guard positions. Like, you have, you have Josh Richardson, and Justice, we imagine he's going to play more point guard, but, I mean, they have... Like, Van really... Fleet's a great defender, but, yeah, you're not getting size there. Like... They don't have any size. Like they're it's you know they're weird because like they have like length up front. Like Bam is a long guy and Hassan is obviously has length and he's huge. But guys like James Johnson and Kelly, they're a little undersized as rebounders, but they're really versatile and they can handle the ball or whatever. And then you have the guards; they're just like really tiny. You have Goron. You You can't. You can't do. You can't do Van Vliet and Tyler Johnson if you're gonna. No, if you're gonna no. do Van Vliet. You have to start uh, Jay Rich, Justice. Like you have to have big, big, strong guys in there. I just don't you see can't, how you, he can. You can't start. roll out Van Vliet and Van Vliet and TJ. No, you can't. You can't play them together. No. No. TJ's gone, right? Yeah, like TJ has to be the one that's gone, right? Like I, I love we'll Richardson. I, I think that's great. Oh, uh, someone's going to take him. Like, trust money? me, it's the NBA. There's always someone. Andrea Bargnani got traded and, and they got you. picks. They got picks. Like, it, there is always a market for somebody. There's always someone that's willing to believe. Alf, what did you hear today on the radio? On the radio on Curtis and Perk, I heard Kurt Heelan say that there is a market for TJ that a lot of teams are interested in it. right now. I mean, you got a kid that can play. Okay, you take a flyer on like, and this is what Harry said in the in the group chat. You take a flyer on him for for one year, and then you have a really good expiring contract to trade 
after the season's over. Like, what's what's really to lose? And and Harry's been saying this for the longest. He doesn't understand the doom and gloom around a lot of fan bases because when you talk to experts and when you talk to people who are in the know, they think this trade market is going to be crazy this summer. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of teams. You got the Wizards. You got the Raptors. You got a bunch of these teams the that are, are middling. The Cavs. You have a, a bunch of these teams are just like, we're not good enough. Yeah. They're just ready to blow it up. So Nobody is satisfied and everybody has bad contracts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You will see swaps of guys that it's, okay, they're a little bit overpaid. They're a little bit underperforming, but they have promise and Teams that believe that if they're in a different situation that they're going to benefit. Like, Tyler Johnson can shoot. And as you said, like, there, it's not like there's tons of term left on his contract. Like, somebody is going to take – someone is going to take him. Like, the Heat have tradable contracts. They don't have contracts where you can package these guys together and get a star tradable. But they have tradable contracts in that you're not going to be stuck with them. You, you can get something in return for them. And, and hopefully it's something that you, you can either have as a long-term piece or trade in a future deal for in a consolidating assets or, or bringing in a star. Um, but yeah, they're not stuck with just these unmovable deals. So Justin, like we talked over and over about what we want to see from the heat uh, this summer and next year. Yeah. Um, there's some of us that want, we all want them to go after a big name, but a lot of us Kawhi are kind of, oh uh, yeah, uh, Kawhi, not Miami. Um, <laughs> but if we're, we're realistic in the fact that it may not happen. And if that's not the case, a lot of us want to go complete youth movement, build around Bam, Jay Rich and Justice, um, and Kelly Olenek and everybody else is expendable. Yeah, me too, if man. The Cavs, the Cavs, <laughs> like if the Cavs lose LeBron. What do you want to see? I want if the Cavs lose LeBron, I think the most likely scenario if LeBron is leaving town is that he would opt into next year of his contract and then pick his spot. Uh, it's something Brian Windhorst has mentioned, Jason Lloyd, um, just because it's tough to picture a situation that he can go to strictly as a free agent because he's not taking any discounts. Um, so I, I would expect. Uh, some sort of sign and trade, and then from that point, I'm I'm tearing everything down. I'm getting Kevin Love to a good situation because that's what he deserves. Um, I'm I'm trying to lose. I am sacrificing goats. I am uh, I will kill family members for RJ Barrett. I will kill family members for RJ Barrett as well. <laughs> that's that's the whole plan at that point for me. Um, and I guess, and that was my argument with Harry when it came to that trade for Kyrie. To me, nothing else mattered in any of these trades except for that Nets pick. Because oh, if yeah. LeBron's not coming back, all you care about is clean, clearing house and building for the future and hopefully doing what they did before and stacking four straight years of lottery picks and doing something with them. So that and, and now and now everyone's using hindsight and I guess they had the eighth pick. Yeah, 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 but nobody nobody thought the Nets pick was going to be eight. Spencer Dinwiddie Here's ruined the ridiculous this for everybody. Thing. Here's the ridiculous thing. The Nets, the amount of games that they won would have got you the fourth best lotto odds last year. It was the same odds that Philadelphia <laughs> had. So many teams were worse than expected. Like uh, um, Indiana, everyone thought, oh, Indiana was, was one of the teams that for sure is going to be worse than Brooklyn. Nope, they're, they were pretty damn good. Like it was just such a weird year. You have Dallas, you have Memphis, like these teams that just completely fell off a cliff. New York. It didn't work out, but I, I, if you're going full rebuild, especially with the new lottery odds kicking in next year, like it's it's not the worst thing to be in having the eighth pick, especially in a draft this deep. Like most mock drafts have either Michael Porter Jr. there, uh, Colin Sexton, Trey Young. Like there, there's going to be talent available. I like Mikael Bridges, um, but as I said. I don't think that this is going to be as dire as last time LeBron leaves if he does, in fact, leave um, only because one. Well, yeah, because we to... only got eight first round picks last time. <laughs> well, and I think that I think the city's prepared. And I think I think Dan, uh, I think um, what's his name? Dan, whatever. Dan Gilbert. Dan, Dan, Gilbert. Dan Gilbert, asshole, whatever his name is. Yeah. Slave owner. Um, I think uh, he's prepared this time. I think Predatory that's why. I think that's why he took the Boston deal. I think he wanted the pick more than anything else. That's why I really, that's my biggest reason for believing LeBron's leaving 
Because I don't even think Gilbert thinks he's staying. Like, nobody thinks he's staying. I, 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 and that's the thing. Like, the whole thing is basically Gilbert and LeBron not trusting each other, right? Like, they, those guys do not trust each other. LeBron's not signing a five-year deal ever in Cleveland uh, unless Dan Gilbert sells because he wants to have leverage. He wants to hold him accountable. He wants to keep his foot on his throat and say, okay, spend. Even last year, he felt like the Dan Gilbert wasn't spending. And I think that's where some of the issues with Kyrie started. They went until February without a backup point guard. Um, and then open roster spot. Like they did not sign anybody throughout that period of time. Wore Kyrie down. He was frustrated with it. The team was frustrated with it. Um, God, DeAndre Liggins was starting like half of their games Good last time. year. Like, Could have used yeah, Deion it, Waiters. It, yeah, it's brutal. So he if killed LeBron, Darren Williams, as I said, you're, you're going to get something in the sign and trade. You're going to be able to get some value for Kevin Love. I, I you, you have Phoenix would be much, nice for him. They could probably get some. They could probably get some picks from Phoenix. They could probably get Miami's pick from Phoenix. Yeah, you'd get you'd get stuff for Kevin Love. Um, I, I think that there's a market out there. I'd I'd hope that he'd go to a good situation just for his sake. Because uh, I mean, you do feel indebted to these players to some extent. Like they they help bring a championship to Cleveland, and and without that, this this whole situation would be far more dire. You know, and we've talked, and I actually want to get your opinion on this because we've talked a lot about like what pack like we're talking about like what Kevin Love would fetch you what do you like how valuable do you think as a non-biased third party Jay Rich Justice Bam and Miami's 2019 first round pick how much can that get here's the thing like we always talk about hypotheticals that all right you package these young guys and you get an all-star but it's difficult because you have to look at what all-stars are available and you're never getting one that's flawless. Like you're always getting someone that's disgruntled. Um, it's rare that you get a, a great situation there. The other thing is, even if that is an attractive offer, right now there's so many teams with a war chest that are going to be able to outbid you and there's so few all-stars available. But is that like, so much nicer? Like what can someone offer? Like, and I, again, this might be like biased Heat fan, but like, you have Jay Rich on a good contract. You have Justice Winslow, who has a has a really high ceiling and looks like might have turned a corner. You have Bam Adebayo, a really young, skilled, athletic big who does all the things you want to do in the modern NBA. Good passer, good screener, rolls hard, plays defense, and a first round pick. Yeah, I like. I can't imagine a team like Boston would offer more than that, considering that they're close. Like, how much more can Boston? be willing to part with considering what they have how much can philadelphia okay, well, Bo- here like boston can't pay all of their guys right why would boston blink at trading like rosier who they can't pay they can't pay both him and smart so they have to make a decision between one of those two gordon hayward rosier for Kawhi leonard throw in the sacramento kings pick because they have so many damn future picks if they want like why why would they even blink if Kawhi is willing to sign long term like that that's that's a known brain deal and something that the the Spurs would likely be willing to do because then you got Gordon Hayward on term even though he's banged up uh Philadelphia um as much as like I don't know how much value Markel Fultz has but if you're offering Fultz Sarich and like the 10th overall pick in this draft or or some of their future I picks see, that they I, I think that what you just said is not as attractive as what Miami has Maybe not, but it's also kind of the mystery box, right? Like, um, Markel Fultz, yeah, he, he had an off year, his shoulder hurt, but, like, if you rebuild it, like, he's an incredibly talented player. Like, I haven't fully given up on Markel Fultz, and that is the unknown and the, the high ceiling can be more attractive to some teams depending on how desperate they are than, hey, we got a bunch of Bs and B-pluses here. Uh, I mean, I love Bam. Um, but outside of that, like that's mostly what you're talking about is guys that are very solid. They're proven. They're high floor guys that are going to make a difference, but they're not going to be a cornerstone piece. Yes, I think you're forgetting one thing and one thing only. I never forget. Just better. Just as better. <laughs> do you like him? Man. Like, because like we're obsessed. I do with like him. Winslow. Yeah, I, I do really like Winslow. You believe in him? I believe. I believe we've been shaky, but we've always been just as better. But privately, eh, been a little rocky. He just needs a strong organization with culture, and he'll be fine. There you go, ingratiate yourself <laughs> to the fan base. 
Hey, I wasn't saying you guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I've been talking to you guys for like 45 minutes. I, I'm not feeling any culture. King's I'm not feeling any stability King's from King. any of you. A heapy doesn't <laughs> have any stability. I've been drinking. Um, actually, Brian, do we have promos? Yeah, we have two. Okay, so let's let's play a promo from our Five Reasons Podcast Network. Let's see which affiliate. Let's see which affiliate Brian's going to play for us now. Not that we're always right on the three yards per carry podcast, but we tend to have a pretty high batting average. It wouldn't surprise me if they pulled some sort of Stefan Anthony deal, you know, with a kind of a guy who's on the perimeter on the bubble of it, you know, giving up a six-round pick or whatever. If I had to make a line, I would say Minka Fitzpatrick is a clear-cut favorite to be taken at 11. But I think number one overall is going to be Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. And I don't think that Rashad Penny's going to end up here because I think he's going to go in the first round. So a guy that they can get in the third and beyond is Callan Ballage of Arizona State. On Saturday, Justify will win the Kentucky Derby. But wait, that's mostly me being right. Well, maybe Chris and Simon should get some editing software. So tune in every Thursday morning for the 3 Yards Per Carry podcast on the 5 Reason Sports Network. That was three yards per carry. Our Dolphins football affiliate here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. They have they a, sound they sound so much smarter than us because they have an English guy. Yeah, Simon makes them smart. Well, we have a Canadian guy, so we're nicer. Yep, he's not here all the time. <laughs> he's here today. <laughs> Usually have my drunk ass and a bunch of dudes from Miami. Like it's just, <laughs> and Leif yelling at people about COVID. yeah, Leif. Yeah, they calling people cat. Like, but you're, <laughs> you're appealing to the city. Like, sure, the, the British accent sounds great, but I mean, that's 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 foreign. That's that's you know what's funny wall. is that keep the British out. The the <laughs> podcast network like the slogan is by Miami for Miami, and I was like, half these people aren't here, particularly like Simon, <laughs> who's in England, which gets Ridiculous. kind of amazing how like. The NFL, I mean, this isn't enough. It's just an aside. Like, they've actually created a fan base of football fans in London that, like, actually care. I think it's really weird. We all made fun of him for that. What the hell was that? Yeah, that was Alex trying to unmute his mic to talk. <laughs> yes, he's laughing. Yeah, just mute your mic. You're such a screw up, dude. You can't, like, you mess everything. Like, dude, death taxes and Alex fucking shows up. Brian, I'm going to play another promo while you play me another out. promo while he fixes it. This week on the Five Reasons Podcast, we're joined by the one and only Stugatz. And so we're just going to do this rapid fire where you're, I'm okay. going to name a name and you're just going to go, Elon Musk. I've been on this for about a year now, and it's funny to see that everyone else is starting to catch up, okay? Because Elon Musk, it is he's a quack. Kevin Durant. Uh, doesn't have any championships, period. End of discussion. I don't care how many he wins with Golden State. He will never have a championship in my personal record book. All right, uh, next one for you. Art Bryles. Uh, you can go to hell. Okay. Sister Jean. What bothers me about Sister Jean is the Stugats are strong in Sister Jean. That's what, what, what I have learned, uh, what I have learned over time is sometimes I look in the mirror and I don't like what's staring back at me. Check out this podcast and our many others. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play. It's the Five Reasons Podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm beaming. Let me tell you something. I heard Stugatz is the most talented person in sports media. Period. Justin, let me tell you something. Like, if you're a fan of his or like the Levit, you should listen to that episode of uh, Five Reasons podcast. With he Stugatz spent the whole show like 45 minutes, pretty much like talked about from the start of his career when he was producing like you know sports oh, radio man, at 1 a.m. Uh, to to where like Levitard show blew up. And it's incredible. Like he's very. Candid. I am literally adding it to my podcast queue right now. It's. So I mean, I, I. I mean, it's not. It's not exactly a niche thing. It's kind of a big show, but yeah. I mean, I, I love the Levitard show. That colors so much of what I do. I got a professional yeah. crush on Mike Ryan. Like he's amazing. Dan's obviously hilarious. The whole shipping container is just the best. They're awesome, man, and they've been they've been good to our show. Mike's been on a couple times. Uh, we've had Roy on. Uh, we we should work on Billy and, and Chris. That'd be fun if we can get them on together in the off season. So, I want right. I want Fat Chris. I, I nobody goes after Fat Chris. We should we should go after. Fat I just Chris. want him to do DJ Khaled for forty five minutes. <laughs> let's get him on. Let, Another I, one. Let's get him on. Let's get him. Let's get let's get him on. Let's get Billy on. Let's let's complete uh, Levitard Show Bingo. You know, as I'm, I'm listening to that uh, to Ethan's show with, that he's interviewing Stu, and Stu Gatz is telling some sort of story about how the radio station started and how Dan, him and Dan initially started. And my sister looks at me, and she goes, I don't believe a fucking word of what he says. Because she listens to Dan every day with me because we go to work together. And then 
when he did that hot take cannon with the Elon Musk and everything, we get out of we we had just gotten home. We get out of the car and she looks at me and she goes, "You know, he says so much bullshit, but he kind of has a point." And I go, "That's <laughs> oh, it. Elon That's Musk is full of shit. He oh, is full he, of shit. Elon Musk is full of shit." Yeah. I'm out on him. Well, he cost everybody a shit ton of money recently. <laughs> um okay, so now we're we're almost we're almost at a show. I do want to talk a little bit about Warriors and Rockets, even though I feel like everyone is like yawning at a foregone conclusion. I kind of thought the series was going to be, I think it's going to be a long series, at least six games, or maybe alone on that. I know that Tucker, Gordon, and um, Ariza combined for like 60-something points, which is probably not going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible. Chris Paul didn't have a great game. Um, Houston needs to shoot that well. And funny, we were just talking about the Levitard show, but it was actually a actually, good point that they brought up. Like, if Houston shoots that well, they have a chance at winning. And versus every other team, they win every one of those games. But Golden State is good enough that they can win those games, too. And I, I just, it's too much damn talent on the Warriors. I, I They're a different team at home. We were talking about Boston is on the road and versus how they are at home. The, the Warriors are damn near impossible to beat at home. Um, I, I think they come out with focus. I, I think they play a lot sharper. And if they win games three and four, like they're they're not they're not losing game five. And and, and even if they do, like I, I don't think game six would be competitive. So may, maybe Houston steals another one of these. Um, I, I think game two is kind of the obvious letdown game. But the the talent discrepancies, it's just too it's too big. But like Warriors I, are winning three straight. They I don't are. know, they're man. Gonna, I don't they're know. They're going to win the next two at home. It's going to be overwhelming. Chris Paul is going to be Chris Paul. James Harden is going to be playoff Harden. And they're going to get smacked in Houston game five. When does uh, series over. When does playoff Harden become a thing? Because, like, it's kind of. It's been a thing. You have a okay, Twitter see. account. You do not no, get to like, act like it hasn't I been mean, a thing. I mean, like, the media. Like, like I know, like, does, we on Twitter are clowning. When does it him, become like, a thing? Like, you just said playoff Harden because it's a thing. Like. No, we I didn't mean, just make come, it up today. No, you're right. like, how come nobody hard. talks about LeBron's finals record? Huh? I've, I've never, I've never heard anyone ever talk about LeBron's finals record. Why huh? is nobody saying Jordan's the greatest of all time? Like, why is, why aren't we having this conversation? You're right. I take it back. I take the L. I'm sorry. You're right. Better than Kobe. <laughs> I don't think enough has been made about how Tim Duncan never caused any drama. I, I just think like that's been an <laughs> yeah, underreported yeah. thing. And you know what? He was fundamentally sound. He was very fundamentally, fundamentally sound. sound. You know what? And he was big too. Like he, he was big and fundamentally sound. He was kind of like the big fundamental. <laughs> and, you know what? You know, it's Shaq. Shaq couldn't shoot free throws. No, you guys don't. Oh, man, I noticed that too. I was looking. <laughs> there was an old game on NBA TV. If he wasn't hitting back, any free throws, I couldn't get over basketball it. Basketball Reference. Basketball Reference. I looked it up the other day. He was. It not does, good he does free wonders throws. for you. Did you know Larry Bird was white? What? <laughs> Holy crap! I just googled it. <laughs> he looks white, right? Larry's not white. Larry is clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Larry the Trent way Lewis. you guys described Tim Duncan, you described a white Duke center. Yeah, yeah, that's not no. <laughs> Tim Duncan is more Duke than Christian Leitner. No, <laughs> yes, he is. Tim Duncan's not annoying though. Uh, I mean that that stare got annoying. I mean, you got beat by it, so like nah, you're yeah. you're telling me his incredulous look wasn't annoying at times. No, the no, Kawhi, like, we Kawhi was, was annoying. And no, Patty we Mills respected the shit Hill. out of that team after they beat our, us senseless. Like we, ne- I don't remember anyone being mad at the Spurs, even no, though they Gary shut the off. We were mad I'm, at I'm Gary Neal. Annoying. I'm not talking about respect. I mean, God, who doesn't respect that? That was one of the best basketball performances I've ever seen by any team ever. You know what? That motherfucker, Patty Mills, though. Fuck oh Patty yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Gary Neal. That's some bitch on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm that way with Rafer Alston. I, I'm still <laughs> pissed that he, he banked that three from like 40 feet behind the three-point line, cost the Cavs a game, to the 9 Magic that were pumped with more chemicals than Captain America. <laughs> Jesus. Never forget that the 9 Magic cheated. I remember when uh, when they found out that Hidu Turgulu was on PEDs and Stan Van oh, Gundy. Man. I think he was on Levitard, and he's like, what PEDs? Because they certainly weren't the right ones. 
<laughs> him like, and uh, Bartolo Colon just uh, they they got the P Day game going underneath all that fat. You could tell. Okay, Justin, honestly, mm-hmm. how much HGH is LeBron up? Under advice of my attorney, I will not answer this question. See, I am fine with the greats keeping themselves going and maintaining it. I have an issue when you got Jameer Nelson, Courtney Lee, Rashard Lewis, Tito Turco <laughs> pumping themselves Dude. so much stuff to bring themselves to another level. Tito Turkoglu was so jacked in 2009. Like, go back and look at Hito Turkoglu 2009. I mean chiseled and we're talking about think, theory, like there was there was a clinic i think i forget where in florida was but like probably Miami. Um, t- everywhere everywhere yeah, yeah. north one Miami. of them uh, i don't think there's a lot of clinics in miami that sell illegal drugs but he, anyways there there was one that got shut down where it was like dwight howard and like half the magic team was there tiger woods was there uh mike weir another golfer was there um i forget there are some other ones but every single athlete that was a client there after it got busted all dropped off a cliff even dwight howard his back was going out and i'm okay with i'm okay with pds keeping the stars going but as i said you you don't you don't turn the role players into super soldiers i mean i'm i'm fine with it. it kept steph curry healthy it allows draymond green to play center at six foot five like uh, the nba is powered by peds and i'm fine with it it should be mandatory as long as Hito Turkoglu doesn't get any powered by <laughs> yeah. powered by PEDs, like imagine sponsorship. Yeah, it's like Bellinelli getting on PEDs. Like no, he was against Miami, he, wasn't he? Oh, against Miami, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker would have missed him in his neck. Use promo code Heatbeat for your next order of PEDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Hito Turkoglu in Toronto. He has the flabbiest arms I've ever seen. Look at him in 09. No, I am. Yeah, he's. I, I'm gonna tweet this when the show's done. Chisel. Bro. He. I mean, I mean, a Greek god. Dude, Toronto had a. Is this Peck, is this Pekovic or is it Hito Turkoglu? Or get out of shoot. It's amazing. Jesus Christ! All right, Justin, we're almost out of show. Brian, Justin, you need to break the tie. Here, he beat. We don't know. You know, we don't know what we hear, right? There's a there's an audio clip, and it's one of two things. It's, it's either it's either LeBron or he gone, and we're gonna play this for you, and you gotta tell us what you hear. LeBron, LeBron, mm. LeBron, he gone, he gone, he gone. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Ooh. I don't know about you guys. Like I, all these things that are going around the internet, like I'm always hearing something. Hold on, different. before you I, finish, do you want us to vote and then you close the show by telling us what you think? You want to go around the room and then and then we go to you at the end? I just heard Paul George to Cleveland. Oh, 